The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine featuring topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... ACB advocates for more accessible COVID-19 tests. Welcome to ACB Reports for August 2022. We'll hear the advocacy update in a moment, but first, a few announcements. The Constitution and bylaws as amended by this year's conference and convention can be found at acb.org slash constitution dash bylaws. This year's scholarship recipients are featured in a series of videos that can be viewed on the ACB YouTube channel. The full list of 2022 scholarship recipients is at acb.org slash 2022-scholarship-recipients. On July 29th, the Justice Department and the Department of Health and Human Services issued new guidance on the protections in federal non-discrimination laws, including the Americans with Disabilities Act, Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973, Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and Section 1557 of the Patient Protection and Affordable Health Care Act, requiring that telehealth be accessible to people with disabilities and to limited English proficiency persons. Read more at justice.gov. The newly formed Patron Engagement Section at the National Library Service will host a monthly BARD review on Zoom. This program will be held at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the second Thursday of each month. To learn more, visit loc.gov slash nls slash about slash services. From the American Council of the Blind, you're listening to ACB Reports. During the conference and convention of the American Council of the Blind, the Assembly received an advocacy update from Clark Rockful, Director of Advocacy, and Advocacy and Outreach Specialist Swatha Nanda Kumar. Here is that presentation, which has been edited to fit the time constraints of this program. My name is Clark Rockfall. I'm ACB's Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, and it is so nice to be back in person with you all. I joined ACB staff in February of 2019, and this is only my second in-person conference and convention as a staff member. So really nice to connect with many new faces, new canes, new guide dogs, but not new voices. And even among our advocacy committees and affiliate Mm -hmm. leaders, uh, many of you who have spoken with and corresponded with Over the past few years, so nice to connect in person. And we also have a new voice and a new face who has joined the Advocacy and Governmental Affairs team. And I'd like to give our ACB Advocacy and Outreach Specialist an opportunity to introduce herself as well. Hi, everyone. I'm Swatha Nandakumar. I am ACB Outreach Specialist here. Um, Yeah, so I've been here for over over a year, and the first time I'm in person with you all. 
So you, you base this new names, new people I get to meet, I'm human form, so. Swatha and I would like to take this opportunity to just share with you all some top advocacy priorities that have been not only occupying our time, uh, but that we've been sharing information with you all, and you all have been raising your voices and getting your affiliates engaged on these issues as well. Uh, so the first one the accessibility of at-home COVID testing. Has anyone heard of this? Is this uh, <laughs> has anyone encountered barriers when trying to use an at-home COVID test? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So from what we heard from our members at the end of last year and beginning of this year, as the federal government was rolling out the nationwide free at-home testing service, ACB began communicating with the White House, the Department of Health and Human Services, the Department of Defense, to find out what they were doing to ensure that this testing service would also be accessible to people with visual impairments, people who are blind, people who are low vision. Uh, notice I said Department of Defense. Well, follow the money, right? That's where the money was coming from to help fund this service and do logistics for this service, but primarily it's Department of Health and Human Services that's implementing and making this available through the U.S. Postal Service in other ways. As we were doing this outreach, and as President Dan Spoon has shared previously, some of our members, we realized, have pretty strong connections, uh, especially through the audio description project in the Section 508 subcommittee. Uh, doing work with the federal government. So through this channel, we discovered that the folks we really need to speak with are those at the National Institutes on Health. And of their 27 institutes, specifically the National Institutes on Bioimaging and Bioengineering, NIBIB for short. And we're excited that Dr. Jill from NIBIB will be joining us this afternoon at 4 p.m. to share the ongoing work of the federal government in this arena. Uh, several ACB members, including Dan Spoon, Kim Charlson, Jeff Tom, Claire Stanley, and I have had the opportunity to join monthly listening sessions to maintain this issue as a priority with the federal government with Health and Human Services, and with the White House. So we are excited that HHS is in the process of shipping some more accessible at-home tests to us here at the convention in Omaha. And they have not, to my knowledge, have not arrived yet. This was late breaking last week. So we're hopeful they get here as quickly as they can. And once they are, we'll be sure to let everyone know. And notice I said more accessible because these tests do require the use of a smartphone and a smartphone application. They still do require the use of the nasal swab and the vials with the drops. So what makes them more accessible? It's the fact that they offer audible instructions, step-by-step -step instructions through the application. And once the test is completed, the test will communicate with the smartphone app and share the results 
so that you're able to read them using your accessible technology on your own device. So that's, that's two major hurdles, knowing what the instructions are and being able to receive and understand the test results. But we know that because it requires a smartphone, that this is not a solution that will work for everyone. Certainly if folks don't have access to broadband and you just don't really care for your smartphone, <laughs> uh, you know, this may make it more difficult to do. So we really want to keep pressing them to make tests from the beginning accessible for everyone and not only COVID tests, pregnancy tests, which have been inaccessible for our ACB women and others for decades, um, other forms of at-home diagnostic tests. There's no reason for people with disabilities to be able to take advantage of these at-home diagnostic services, especially when our folks in suburban and rural parts of the country have so many barriers to transportation that make it difficult to get to and from the doctor's office to do these sorts of tests in person. So please stay tuned. We are excited about the progress that has been made, but we know that this is a journey and we are only taking those first steps. Another area of focus in conjunction with the Get Up and Get Moving campaign, which I'm excited that the ACB Board of Directors has decided, along with President Dan Spoon, should become a full committee within ACB and part of our Advocacy Steering Committee. A couple items here. The Medical Device Non-Visual Accessibility Act, H.R. 4853, one of our legislative imperatives for 2022. I'm happy to say that with all of the hard work that you all have been putting in contacting your members of Congress in the House of Representatives, we are now over 58 co-sponsors. It is a bipartisan bill. There are three Republican co-sponsors of this bill, and we are continuing to reach out to offices and encourage additional co-sponsors. At the same time, both ACB and NFB are working together with some Senate offices to introduce a Senate companion bill. So we are in that process right now. Uh, the bill is with Legislative Council as they refine the language of the bill so that it's more to their liking. But also, we want to have a discussion draft that we can take to Republican senators as well, because our goal is for this bill to be bipartisan, just like the House version of the Medical Device Non-Visual Accessibility Act. And similar to making accessible COVID tests, this legislation would require that any sort of durable medical equipment, diagnostic equipment uh, to be used in the home or to be used by a patient in a clinical or assisted living setting, that it is accessible to people with vision loss. So a tactile user interfaces, audio output. You know, this is a high priority for President Tom Tobin and ACB Diabetics in Action. It's something that over my three years at ACB, it was one of the first issues that was brought to my attention saying, we need to get something done here. 
So we're, we're continuing to work on that and having this bill and growing support for this bill is a great step forward. Also, we don't want accessibility to begin in the health and wellness space only once folks have acquired a chronic or comorbid disease or illness. We want folks to have the tools and resources to be able to manage their health, to be able to take charge of their medical conditions and do so privately and independently. And that's why ACB, along with several of our partners like the National Council on Independent Living and Paralyzed Veterans of America, are working in the Coalition for Inclusive Fitness. And we are reaching out to gyms and facility providers, encouraging them to put pressure on exercise equipment manufacturers to make their machines and their equipment accessible. Because no one will argue that a gym itself or a hotel fitness center itself needs to be accessible for people with disabilities. You'll have a ramp to get in the door. You'll have an elevator. You'll have a zero-entry shower, nice wide aisles between equipment. But then as soon as you step on that treadmill, that's where the accessibility stops, right? And that's not good enough. That's not good enough for any of you in this room. That's not good enough for the folks up here on the dais. And that's not good enough for the broader community of people who are blind. So we were very excited last year when Planet Fitness committed to purchasing accessible exercise equipment. This will take some time because manufacturers still need to make this equipment. But we are encouraging other gyms, hotel chains to do the same. And at the same time, we are working directly with manufacturers as well. So in, in April, ACB members had the opportunity, those from the Greater New York City chapter, to go and provide user testing and feedback at the Peloton headquarters in Manhattan on the accessible user interface and controls of their treadmill. Um, and also as Satana Howery, ACB member uh, of the Information Access Committee and Audio Description Project shared at the Information Access 411 earlier this week, We've also been doing some user testing and providing feedback to a company called Concept2. And we're excited that ACB and Concept2 will have a joint statement announcing that Concept2 is rolling out their smartphone application that will allow people who are blind to use an accessible application that you can connect to their equipment. And once it's connected, not only will you have audio feedback in real time during your workout for your distance, your pace, your calories, your heart rate, but you will be able to program the workout that you want to do. So it's not just one-way communication. It is two-way communication with the equipment. And once you have that data, you can also sync it to other health applications so you can track over time the progress that you're making. You, know, you can be super on top of it, like ACB board member Jeff Bishop, who is well on his fitness journey. And actually, during this convention, he's kicking my butt in a fitness challenge. But he, you know, he's remote, and I'm here with you all, so I think I'm winning in the long run. So this is also more work that will continue with our partners in the federal government 
and also with our partners in the corporate space. Next, I'd like to turn it over to Swatha to talk about the priority legislative and regulatory that has been occupying the vast majority of our time over the past year. So as Clark mentioned, um, our party this year, accessibility. so um, as we all know, the web is not accessible to us. It's not always, um, not every site is built to accommodate the screen reader or to, um, for keyboard navigation. So we are, it's a, it's a very big priority for us this year. ACB has been working with our partners in the disability rights space. So um, NFB, American Flash for the Blind, um, National Disability Rights Network, um, and Disability Rights Education and Defense Fund on a two-pronged approach to web, web access. So one, um, we're working with the Department of Justice to um, promulgate regulations for this purpose, so to um, for rulemaking on how websites are accessible to blind and those users, and also to other disability groups. So, um, disabilities, physical disabilities, um, mental disabilities. Um, so, as of now, the DOJ has put out guidance on accessible um, websites, but we want more. We want make regulations not just guidance so we can we continue to work on this issue um acb was among um 181 organizations that signed on to a letter to earth doj to make this a reality and that kind of all of those 20 orgs um include many of our affiliates so acb of um California, HB of Texas, all those um, signed on to a lot as well. Um, we also have support from the blue space. So, um, you mentioned um, all kinds of disabilities are included, are included on, on this approach. So, it's cool, mental, hearing, um, speech, they're all there. We're also working with Senator Duck of Illinois to introduce a bill on this issue. We've been drafting the bill. Um, for over a year, and we are excited to um, work with her and her staff to get this um, bill dropped and get um, somewhere in this journey with um, legislation. Thank you, Swatha. This wouldn't be possible without the efforts of everyone in this room, all of our affiliates, everyone like Swatha said, who signed on to that letter back in February. And we are being heard on this issue. We've talked with folks in the White House. Um, within Department of Justice, Health and Human Services, Department of Education, and they hear us. Not only do they hear us, but the members of Congress hear us as well. And they have been sending letters recently to the Department of Justice, urging them to move forward as well. So Senator Duckworth led a letter along with Senator Durbin in total with 10 signatories, Senator Schatz from Hawaii led a letter with 12 senators signed on pushing for this. And we are working with a member of the House of Representatives to do a broad sign-on letter, urging them to move forward with regulations as well. And on the legislative front, like Swatha said, we are getting very close. We're hopeful that we'll have 
bills by the end of summer. Uh, And when that happens, we will need all of our members, all of our friends and affiliates to contact their members of Congress and urge co-sponsors, build support. We cannot let this issue go away quietly. We need to maintain its profile. They have a lot of priorities. Not all priorities are created equally. So we need to ensure that this is a top priority for Congress and for the administration so we can get something done by the end of the current administration. The last item that we'd like to highlight is voting. 12 states now allow people who are blind and people who are print disabled to receive, mark, verify, and return their absentee ballots electronically. Most recently, through passing legislation, Massachusetts and Rhode Island just made this possible through legal advocacy last year. North Carolina became the first state with a successful court ruling saying that if this sort of service is offered to other voters, mainly military and overseas voters, then it must also be available to people with disabilities. And that is groundbreaking in the the legal landscape. These are 12 out of over 30 states that allow it for uniform military and overseas voters. So there's still a lot of work to be done. And we know that many of our affiliates, including California, Florida, Indiana, New Jersey, Oregon, and others are actively working on voting rights and voting accessibility. But I think there are also other states where we can make a lot of headway, states where members of the military and overseas voters already have the ability to receive, mark, verify, and return an absentee ballot electronically, but voters with disabilities don't have that same right. Thinking of states like Arizona, Iowa, Washington, South Carolina, and even the great state of our host committee, Nebraska. I think these are all fertile ground for advocacy efforts when it comes to making remote voting more accessible. And this is something that remains a priority for us, as we know it remains a priority for you all. Not every four years, not every two years, but always. We need access to the ballot box. We need the ability to raise our voice and exercise our democratic rights. In closing, um, I would just like to say thank you to all of you for the advocacy work that you do, and a big thank you to our affiliate leadership, our presidents, all of our advocacy and legislative chairs who are active on these issues and many more at the state and local level, but also thank you to our advocacy steering committee. We have a lot of great folks from our board, from our memberships and our affiliates who are actively engaged, as you can tell by the convention programming this week, whether it's transportation and pedestrian and environmental access, or it's information access, 
Lord knows the resolutions committee has put in their time over the past few months. Swatha and I, we can't do this alone. We don't want to do this alone. There are over 20 resolutions coming forward this year. There are 30 resolutions last year. And we need all of ACB to be engaged with our advocacy efforts. We need our members, our affiliates, our committees to help carry the burden, join us in the advocacy efforts, and move these issues forward. Swatha, for folks who would like to learn more about our advocacy efforts, what are some of the ways that they can do that? So they can email us at advocacy at acb.org, or they can call us, or rather me, at 202-467-5081. Got a podcast that Doug mentioned. We put out like every, every week or so. Um, we've also got um, information online for our members and others to learn about our efforts. So join us. Yes, and also the Dots and Dashes newsletter often has advocacy updates as well as the Washington Connection phone service. And both of those are made possible by our great ACB editor, Sharon Lovering. And uh, ACB's social media often has advocacy-related topics and information. So whether it's tweets on Twitter, posts on Facebook, or live videos on Facebook Live and YouTube Live, we couldn't do those without our communications specialist, Kelly Gask. So, of course, a big thank you to Kelly and to Sharon for all the work that they do to make Swatha and me look good. And as, as we wrap up here, as, as Swatha mentioned, the podcast, the Advocacy Update podcast, which you can find on ACV Media or via your favorite podcast player, please download, subscribe, rate, and review. But we always close the podcast a certain way. And I'd like to have everyone here in the room and everyone on ACB Media and Zoom join Swatha in closing out our presentation like we do our podcasts. Keep advocating. Supplies of the more accessible COVID tests are becoming limited, so people are asked to order them only if they do not have a way to use the other types of tests. To help ensure that the more accessible tests are reserved for blind and low vision users, they can only be ordered by phone at 1-800-232-0233. That's 800-232-0233. Clark Rockfull and Swatha Nandakumar were recorded during the annual conference and convention of the American Council of the Blind in Omaha, Nebraska. You've been listening to ACB Reports from the American Council of the Blind. ACB Reports is heard each month on audio information services across the United States and worldwide on the ACB Media Network, acbmedia.org. The show is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Contact the American Council of the Blind at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another edition of ACB Reports.